Pond and Recreation Disclaimer. Most of this is made up, and the points don't matter. Don't take our medical advice. Like hypertonic saline, we're pretty salty. No real names or where you work. Some stories may be embellished for effect or to protect the innocent. We're here for you. We're going to do it. We are going to make it because we usually vibe, but now we're thriving. Because I am Amy <laughs> and I am joined by Sarah, <laughs> who I, has some sort of introduction that I have no idea what she's going to say, but get well, ready. I, I am the insatiable. <laughs> <laughs> I am having a stroke. Get me some damn TPA. Oh, we use TNK now, Sarah. So you definitely are having a stroke. And Maybe you're not going to get any. Streptokinase. Did you ever think of that? Mm. Yeah. Oh. What I was trying to say is that I am the insatiable part of your memory cortex. Hungry, hungry hippocampus. Cerebella ataxia. Oh, my God. Okay, but the real star of the show is here today. Hang on to your headphones. The one and only Miss Hanasarka. She's here. She's real. She's got Paul Rudd behind her. I think she might be muted. And her audio's not working. <laughs> Yeah, no, her audio is definitely not working, but she's no. real cute. She's real cute. It's so sad that this is a podcast because seriously, <sighs> just watching her emphatically trying to talk to us is great. It's like that patient that has a trach that's like desperately <laughs> trying to talk to you. I used and to then, be so good. Oh, she went well, away. Then tries to overmouth their words. And I'm like, that's not making it better. <laughs> You're not I actually know. forming real sounds. I know. That's why I love being an NP is because now I can just sit there and go, oh, um, I'm having a little trouble. I'll go get your nurse. And I walk out of the room and never go back in there again. I mean, we've all done it, right? Even when I mean, it's not your patient and you're still the bedside nurse. Sometimes even when it is like, my patient, like, oh, okay, well, I'll be back in a minute. We'll see what we can do. No idea what they're trying to tell me. Honestly, literally just like parenting. You know. Give them a little razzle-dazzle and hope that they don't remember what they were doing. Oh, but they always remember. Toddlers and people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sitting there mouthing the words chocolate milk at me like, sir, this is not happening. That sounds really good. Although I did Mm. put the green sponges in chocolate milk sometimes. And the speech therapist is like, that is not okay. Yeah, you know why it's not okay? Because the green sponges usually have like the yuck stuff on them you just don't have those little coatings they do sarah listen when your mouth has been hanging open for three weeks you'll take what you can get and you'll like it well that seems a little paternalistic (laughs) mother russia feeds you chocolate milk you do not feed chocolate milk to mother russia in soviet russia milk drinks you (laughs) That's exactly what's going to happen, and that's terrible. <laughs> Mutant milk. Oh, so, funny story about milk. One of my attendings that is the brother I've never had, but I adore, goes one day, normal day, to the fridge. Decides he's going to grab some milk, right? And doesn't look at the date, because why would you? That Somebody looks at the date every day, opens it, starts to chug it. It oh. is chunky. Chunky. Nope. Can't do it. I know. So now every time I go to the fridge, which is now very infrequently, I desperately look and make sure everything's been sealed to make sure it's on the up and up. And it was like he like he gulped it. Oh, oh no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 No. One should not chew your liquids. Well, that's for a different type of problem that one may have called dysphagia. Dysphagia. Do you think Anasarka is going to join us? I think she's lost. She said, I think the recording is higher quality than I am. 
the autonomic storm. Literally anything for you. We have our guest with us. Uh, Go on and introduce yourself, you amazing human you. Stop it. Can't stop. Stop it. I'm Anna Sarka. If you're from South America, it's Anna Sarka. She is the Uh, Alexis Rose of advanced practice. I have some very important Googling to do right now. Oh, yeah. Go at it, Sarah. Tell us which one's cuter. They're brought up a dentist in the local area. (laughs) In northern South Dakota. You know, they did start young. They may have needed a second career. Uh, It's true. They were child stars like Menudo, right? Menudo. Still going strong. Did you know? Menudo. Speaking of Hispanic, his actual name is Knight hyphen Rodriguez. (gasps) He's Maui? No, honey. Yes, he is. Boys don't take the girl's name. I mean, sometimes they do. Uh, He took the boy's name. (laughs) <laughs> come on sarah be inclusive <laughs> i think his birth name is knight hyphen rodriguez uh oh. i'm pretty sure his husband's name might be rodriguez wait i think that anasaka oh. has been googling more than you <laughs> sarah i see the light on your face tell us what you see he's married to a man <laughs> Took him a little bit to get there. (laughs) Took him a little bit to get there, but man, did she ever. (laughs) I love the rainbow lights that just turned on. (laughs) Yeah, did you see that? There were like fireworks. Like it was almost like a lightning strike, but with a rainbow. (laughs) You see all that? Yeah, there was like glitter streaming behind it, like. Oh, crap. It's going to be a long one, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, since we already have discovered Sarah's celebrity crushes, Anna, do you have one? Oh, celebrity crushes. You know, I just don't. I used to like Brad Pitt, and that was a mm. long time ago. That was like Jennifer days. Oh, yeah. Fight Club era. Yeah. Yeah, I love me some Brad, and now I love my hubby. I am like such a big fan of my hubby. So, well, I, I know mean, he's boring. great. So he's great, boring, but it's but not yeah. boring. I love your husband. I think he's the best. Yeah. And if Maybe you were a neuro disease, what neuro disease would you be? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Ooh, you know. I would have to say only because we just went through this, but some HSV encephalitis. We had one recently. Yeah. It kind of sneaks up on you and you're not quite sure. And you have to kind of figure it out and it seems okay in the beginning. And then you're like, hits you in the face, like a ton of bricks. That's how how you view yourself. Yeah, I do. actually. You just kind of sneak up. You're all quiet. And then all of a sudden you're just like, bam. Mm -hmm. Was that you nine on my temporal lobe? Yes, it was. <laughs> it speaks for both of us. We each took one. <laughs> I'm so curious, Amy. You really have had a ton of HSV encephalitis. Ooh, yeah, we had like three within a couple of weeks. It was totally weird. And then it stopped. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. And it was maybe yeah. ooh, April-ish. They all came in like a little spurt. And I was like, there's just no way. And then all of a sudden, it was all positivo. There you really go. Weird. So maybe you'll get a couple of them, and you'll all have good practice, and we'll all forget about it again. Mm, what else do we have? What's your current ick? Did we do this already? We did do this when it, it's password. Um, are you having oh, a seizure? Yeah. I just... My memory's not working. Sarah, I'm going to need you to do a few things for me, okay? Can you smile? Repeat after me. It's a sunny day in northern South Dakota. It's Do you- a sunny day in northern southern Dakota. Okay. Do you actually say that in San Diego? But I didn't know if that's just because it's usually sunny in San Diego. Oh, no. We'll substitute it for all the raining and the snowing and the winding and the hurricaning. And I, 
do I personally say it, Anna? I do not because I thankfully am not part of the stroke team, but have I observed someone going through the weather stations? I have. And then when you say the incorrect weather, that's how you know if your patient's paying attention to you because they give you the hairy eyeball and they're like, there is no way it would ever be snowing in Mount Wanahakalugi. Like we are a wonderful tropical place. And then you're like faking it. <laughs> I just stick with the old tip top mama 50 50 huckleberry. Like, oh, it. we also will do that too. But the weather's nice to talk about. I don't know. Yeah. You have to mix it up though, because otherwise you train them too well and the patients are just like these little like trick ponies when you walk in the room. One guy, like I walked in the room one time, he goes, Huckleberry. I was like, oh, we've done this too many times. We're Who are you? Who am I? Where are you? Yeah. You're my huckleberry. Oh, that's a country song. It's something. <laughs> that it is. I think it's oh. from a western, actually. I think, isn't it? I don't know. I just I know. know Huckleberry Finn, which is not a western. No. I'm your Huckleberry meaning. Now you're Googling it. This could end up in like scary territory. Apparently, Doc Holliday said this in the 1800s. I got bored with that. That was boring. Move on. <laughs> Anna Sarka, how old are you? <laughs> 37. No, I meant because of the Doc Holiday in the 1800s. We oh, all know like that rude. you're actually 15. Yeah, no. Sarah, you didn't set that one up very well. <laughs> Look, I didn't think that was this kind of podcast. Oh, no, definitely not. No, no, no. Fake names, fake ages, fake places that we live. But Huckleberry could certainly be your nickname, should you choose. Or your safe word. Ooh. I like that for a safe word. <laughs> She's like, I've never had to use it before. Haven't you heard? She has safe word fatigue. Oh, wait, that's password fatigue. Never mind. I can never remember my safe word. It's so awkward. <laughs> she just starts going through fruit. She's like, banana, no. pineapple, huckleberry. Jeez. <laughs> there it is. She yeah, usually has oh. to do like a whole NIH stroke scale in order to qualify for the safe word. And then oh. the kid is going to fall off the stool while he's getting the cookies and the sink is running over. Like, okay, I think she's trying to use the safe word. Put away the writing crop. Oh my god. You okay, question. If you have expressive aphasia, what's your safe word? Before we go any further, I would just like to apologize for what has happened already in this episode and what may continue to happen. I feel like you gotta use Morse code or something at that point. Just gotta like tap on the bedpost. My hand gesture. (laughs) Oh, you'd have to give them like a flashcard. But even then, it would just be really hard. But how would you know that they would consent? You can get through all that blinking. You know they want it. Blink three times for yes, please. Oh, we're going to hell. We're already there. (laughs) You know what one of my icks is currently? You guys ready for this? I'm ready. I'm buckled in. What's your safe word? (laughs) Huckleberry 2. Who knew? It's a very good safe word. The fact that everyone uses TTM2 is a way to get out of doing 33 degrees for cooling post-arrest. That's That's an ick. You're a nerd. I don't work at Penn, okay? There's no UPMC in these bones. I am not in their pocket. But it is an ick to me when people are like, well, TGM2 was just like so good. And 36 is just as good as 33. And I'm like, bros, slow your roll. It's a nice population. People want to do bystander CPR. They want to have a shockable rhythm. They want to like actually do the work to save a life. Are those the patients we see? No. <laughs> no. I see poor little paramedic busting a chest open with their little Lucas device for 35 minutes on somebody that was in a systole. 
You can't tell me those two patients are the same if you were down for 10 minutes in a shackable rhythm versus like 30 in a sleep. It ain't right. Oh, the shivering. Oh, the shivering. 36 kills me with the shivering. Mm. Oh, shivering. Right at that point where your body's like, Mm. I'm starting to feel chilly. I'd like to warm up. Or be real cold. Yeah. Pick one, right? I love it, though. Like, once you get past that shiver threshold, turn them into an ice cube. They don't care anymore. It's butter. Fun fact, though. Did you know that I think it was like the... 70s or 80s that they did all those shiver studies where they had volunteers say i will be put in an ice bath and see when i shiver and that's how we figured out it was like 34.5 to 35.5 you could not pay me enough nope wow they could not get the safe words out in time they were like (laughs) 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 and they were like keep going And say the safe word. That's interesting. Every I did not know consent. that. <laughs> know that really? That's what they're basing this off of. Mm-hmm. And they were all conscious. I mean, like it makes kind of sense, I guess. And I'm sure there's like animal studies, but the human one was like all these people that were like, "Yeah, like let's see what happens." And I was like, "How did you recruit for that?" Yeah, that is not informed consent. No one was told the hell they were about to be put in. Also, they like call if- it cryotherapy. <gasps> it was really just like a spa treatment for wealthy people. They paid for it. They paid yeah. for the stuff. <laughs> this is a great <laughs> longevity treatment. Oh my God. It'll make your skin just look so good. You're going to just be all like youthful. Everything will tighten up. And the it's white like women were like just writing checks left and right. They're like, we don't need grant funding for this. They're paying <laughs> us. <laughs> That's exactly what was happening. They're like, you're telling me that even though I'm a vampire that was born in 1804, I can look like a vampire born in 1704. Sign me up. Like, so much easier, easier than eating placenta. So, okay, maybe that should have been my ick. Like, yikes! Just even in a pill track. form. Even in a pill form. Ew. I just don't plant a tree with it. <laughs> huckleberry, huckleberry. <laughs> That's one of my ex besides placenta is TDM2. Shivering is terrible. I love a good paralytic. I don't know how you guys feel about that. But I love oh, some paralytic. Bring it on. Make them comfy. I mean, right? it's the least we can do. What's your favorite Damn. paralytic? Rock and roll, boo. Oh, no. I'm a sissy boy. What about you, Anna? What's your... I like a good vec. Maybe some Versailles. Oh, I'm like pretty basic, but I think I may have been trained that way. I love that we mm-hmm. all have a different paralytic. I think that just speaks to the fact that like a lot of it is training based, right? And where you grew up and what people are comfortable with. Like I cannot tell you that I've ever seen a vial of Vec in the however long I've been a nurse. Really? I know. It's just it is the devil's juice. See, when I worked at bedside, we used Vec all the time. <gasps> and yet, you did not murder someone in MRI. Oh. I'm just putting it out there. No. That case also was my ick. I actually did have a patient die in MRI, but that was different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I brought up your past <laughs> legal woes. <laughs> Wasn't because of that. <laughs> yeah, their ICP was like 180. So you just didn't know it at the time. Good to get the MRI to find out. Sequence. But how would we know? <laughs> Guys, I need the D2 flare. I have to see it. <laughs> Hold on. We're not done. We didn't get the ABC <laughs> yet. <laughs> 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 Hold on. We're it's like a bad jazz group, I swear. <laughs> That's I had exactly an MRI once and they gave me Valium and I remember I was laying there thinking, how do I tell them they're really bad? They sound horrible. <laughs> in my head, like my mom head, you know, my Valium mom nap in the MRI machine. And I thought, how am I going to tell them they sound awful and they need to keep practicing? I'm not, I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, please stop chastising the MRI machine. We're trying to get a clean image. <laughs> You're hurting its feelings. It doesn't want to play nicely. 
Oh my God. That's terrible. What device do you guys use to make your patients popsicles? We are doing intravascular at the moment, but working on uh, getting an Arctic sun because the intravascular has limits. It's good for normal thermia. I'm not sure I love it for hypothermia. Oh, really? Because I just got really hot and bothered when we said intravascular because I have the sticky pad device. It's a not. But, well, I was trying That's... not to use the trade name. Oh. We have the sticky pad. It's funny because we have the intravascular and like we are working so hard to get the sticky pads because the intravascular just, it has problems sometimes. We did have someone who got a DVT like along the whole length of the catheter. Oh, you guys do subclavian? Uh, we usually do FEMS. Because mm. it's longer. It's a, it's a big mm. one. Yeah, it's it a big one. Because that's what I have always wondered too, is some of our colleagues do a lot of the intravascular, but subclavian. Where I practice, the habitus sometimes precludes that. We had the upper one for subclavian or IJ, but we generally went for the FEM because it was more effective overall. Well, it makes sense. Surface area, right? Yeah. Sticky pads aren't bad. It's just, I don't know. Do you have problems on Asarka getting the sticky pad device to interface with your like other monitor? Because we lose that cord all the time. Does yours start with an A and with a sun? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm no. glad that we protected them, though. We didn't use any brand names here. Yeah, we're not okay, using- I gotta say that I love our like local human being. She is quite wonderful, and I would not disparage her. And when used correctly and with a boatload of paralytic, I really don't have a problem with these things. What's your go-to shiver med? Ooh, I have a whole protocol. <gasps> Tell me about it. it. Yeah. Um, love me some mag. So we try to keep mag over three. I think everybody <laughs> does that. Um, I like Presidex. I just <laughs> do the probe, do the <laughs> fentanyl, do the Versed, Blue Spar, and then Beck. Nice. Columbia Anti Shiver Protocol. Secret recipe. No Demerol in there though, huh? Sometimes. I mean, it depends on the EEG, you know which we haven't even Ooh. talked about, but Tell yes. me about that. Well, I'm just very you guys sensitive. do continuous from the beginning or what? Yeah. And well, <gasps> no, our people only have seizures between eight and four 30. Every mm, that's day. convenient. So, yeah. No, it works out really well for our techs. I mean, really it just makes scheduling so much easier. It's nice that they're really helping with like your labor force management. <clears throat> yeah, it works out, but we do use a device after hours to look for seizures as well. Oh, one of those fun little caps you pop on? Might be more like a headband. Mm. Now, do your squiggle readers have access to the after hours headband squiggles? They do. So our problem has been, because we've been chatting about this, we were supposed to be in a trial that had the squiggle band, that we have an affiliate that uses this, but our squiggle readers cannot obtain the squiggles. So they have to just go by whatever they said. And as you can imagine, this creates quite the kerfuffle in the epilepsy hen house. Because <laughs> I think everybody sees different birds. It's yeah. an art. I literally look at it like a telly and I can be like, that ain't right. And that's where it ends. Like there is a discharge that is bad there. That'd be very pointy. Which also works in That's neurology, sharp. too. There's a discharge that is bad. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so you have your headband on, okay. and you go to the bedside, and the squiggles are looking pretty regular. <laughs> so you push the button, and it sounds like... Oh. Probably more like a newborn cry, I would say, which is the one that will get you out of bed. And if everything is fine, what does it sound like? It's like, uh, okay, it's like this. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing? This is going to give some madass. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can't this wait until eight o'clock? Well, I'm not sure. 
<laughs> I am calling because I don't know. <laughs> you know. That's your call. Now, do you find that it is helpful for you to know about like the G-PED stuff early on? Or does it not really change your prognostication for these guys? So wait, are you guys not putting EEGs on? In a perfect world, one of my wonderful colleagues would EEG probably me and literally every person in the hospital. Alas, we have a finite amount of resources. So a lot of the times it comes down to like, we could get the spot, but we can't continuous them. Understood. Like if it's G-pads that are all over the place most of the time and like... This week I did a little fudging where I had somebody where I was like, they had myoclonus before. So like, if I let all the drugs wear off, like they'll probably get it again. I'm just going to give them a little bit of Keppra and just play the game and we'll get a repeat tomorrow. My friend would be like, why aren't you going to do a continuous? And it's like, cause it's not going to change anything. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, we it's... mainly only treat if it's over two, two and a half regularly. Mm. That's our threshold. <laughs> Well, G-pads are just like little seizures that haven't grown up yet. Babies. Well, <laughs> like sometimes it's like in the setting of all the other things that are happening, like your BGF-40, despite the fact that you're on a dextrose strip, your brain could be angry for other reasons. And I mm-hmm. don't know that I necessarily need someone staring at squiggles to tell me that. If you're doing all the things, you're doing all the things, too. And That's no. another thing. That, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Does it change management? Sometimes, but if it's not going to change management, just keep managing. What's your go-to for uh, myoclonus control? Ah, we love our Kepra. We're big Kepra fans. It's Um, cheap. It's easy. We've gotten to Depakote a lot, but sometimes that makes me nervous because these guys that like were a prolonged arrest, like their liver is not good. I don't necessarily personally want to jump straight to that. But at the same time, ugh. If you guys read these guidelines now, the new ones that just came out. Oh, we're just starting to get into them. Oh, well, if you need something that just makes you intermittently sad and at the same time, just like, why is this happening to me? <laughs> um, it's a great, but essentially, my life? yeah, boiling it down, the NCS guidelines that just came out on cardiac arrest care. Table three is the only thing you really need to look at. It's a great table. Whoever made it, I'm really proud of them. It's the whole old adage, like the pupils are the window to the soul. And so they're saying that really the only thing we know is that pupillary response to light is like helpful for prognostication. And I was like, cool. However, unless you have Anna Sarka, Right. <laughs> so that's the, like not great. And then, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where you read these guidelines and you sit with them, and then you read them again. And I'm like, okay, like they're not like totally crapping all over EEG. What it should say at the beginning is like, you have to do more than one test. And if your pupils react, but like you want to be able to walk your dogs, does it matter? Right. And if we're just looking for reactivity, I'm sorry, but once you're at non-reactive, you like gone too far. That's a definite like prognostic indicator at that point. Like yes. the big one. Right. And then you <laughs> well, throw in all the these other thing. drugs. Oh, the drugs. The drugs. Like how do you tell? How do you tell what's neuro versus the drugs when you're in the thick as, of it? As Whitney said, how will I know? <laughs> no. How will I know if this is my pupil? You you can stop the drugs for 24 hours. Well, you know, to that point, they do say, you know, you need the amount of half-life. It was literally like copy-paste for the brain death um, stuff, which it makes sense. You need to know, especially, I don't know if it's happening for you guys, the fentanyl that's like spiked with Trank, it's going around. So like... A lot of these overdoses, it doesn't show up on your panel. You don't know what they took. So like, yeah, you died. But also there's this also this toxidrome component that you really can't identify. Well, and like you were saying, you know, you've got people with broken livers, broken kidneys coming in here. So yeah, you know what the textbook <laughs> half-life is, but what's this person's half-life? And we've effed with their temperature and like reduced their metabolism and, you know... 
if ATM. you're 500 pounds with a broken liver, that propofol ain't clearing so quick. Not that soon. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's a good read. It's a frustrating read. But since we do ice cap at my site, it's one of those things where, you know, I see a patient on a Monday and I say, I will have probably most of my information by Friday. But next Monday is really when I'm going to have, like, hopefully my labs and maybe an MRI. It's so, so tell hard. us more about ice cap. Do you really want to know? Yes. So it could be great. I have a lot of feelings on this. <laughs> we just enrolled a whole bunch in the last week. <clears throat> um, Let out the feelings. In, put it in the book. I'll put it in the book. <laughs> she made out with a hot dog. What time? <laughs> Not that feeling, not that podcast. So it is a national study that is enrolling all comers for out-of-hospital cardiac arrest that are cooled below 34.0 within four hours of the 911 call, or if it's a witness arrest there. And so there's multiple randomization points. So... There's a couple that are before 24 hours, and then there are a couple that are after as well as 24 hours, because that's standard of care. And then anything over 24 hours or 24 hours, it just rewarms over 24, because it's really like, how much does cooling help? The hard part for me as the person that is like going and greeting these patients when they hit the door and thinking about study inclusion is that I wish there was a form that said how long you were down, what you had been doing beforehand, what was really happening at the time of your arrest. And do we think you really got like high quality CPR? And maybe somewhere buried in this protocol, it is there. But the data that I collect does not really reflect that. And so you're like, you know, you get your first head CT and you kind of have to be like, I mean, it doesn't look that bad. And then somebody decides to ask the family, like, yo, you want to enroll? And I, I certainly think there's a, a really great piece. If we see strokes on your head CT, because we get it like several hours after you get here, should you really be in the study is always my question. Right. What it, really so, caused this? <laughs> And also, like to the point of the patient that wants to walk their dog, the ones in the last couple of weeks that I've enrolled, <clears throat> they have not necessarily withdrawn because of our neuroprognostication. It's because everything else has failed. I am anxious because we're like at 42% enrollment. So this is going to be going on until I retire to see how they like do all the statistics for these types of patients where we enroll, but the family says like, well, you know, they can't get a pacemaker. They're not an LVAD candidate. They're not somebody that can get a liver transplant. So they have all these other things. They can't tolerate dialysis. Like, and the brain is a piece of the puzzle. It's not the only piece of the puzzle. I think that it will be very frustrating when this comes out because then people will be like, we'll see, like, ice cup didn't work. And I'm going to be like, hey. <laughs> what is the exclusion criteria for ice cap? Sepsis, age, coagulopathy. And, like, you know, sometimes it's really easy. Like, you know, she has COPD. She was just here, had a course of azithro. She has a huge infiltrate, like, bam, done. Other times, like, you know, all these patients aspirate because they're actually dead or unconscious for a period of time before somebody finds them and they can't protect their airway. So like, of course, they're going to have a pneumonitis or maybe an aspiration pneumonia and then like ear pounding on their chest. So why wouldn't they have the need for a pigtail or two? And why wouldn't they have a liver lag? It, so it just, it kind of spirals. But it's like overt sepsis, any other contraindication of cooling. So like our polytraumas generally do not get enrolled because <laughs> you crack your pelvis. Like, yeah, you probably should not be cold. Your worries. It can be difficult to parse out. And I think sometimes it's, you know, you get them down to the wire, you cool them. And then I think we have like six hours or something to randomize after they get to temperature. So... It's a lot. I do not envy any of these adorable undergrads that are our study coordinators on call. They're diligent. Then, 
But I, I do feel like it's caused people to have a little more attention to cooling patients, at least. So yeah. at least people are cooling the patients now. So that's a perk. And I think like we've kind of steered the Titanic, bad joke, a little bit better um, <laughs> away from the iceberg. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> so like, you know, we used to like not really care and cards kind of owned it right and people was like oh like it doesn't really matter and their temperature curve would be all over the place and i i found now that shivering still a big deal my clonus is a big deal but these wild temp swings like you don't have your patient getting to 40 as much anymore small victories yes i would call that a victory 40 absolutely 40 so brain melting man yeah proteins denaturing all the badness Mm -hmm. Oh, that's my other ick is an axillary temperature. I can't believe I used to do that. Ugh. <laughs> Give me More a core. That, you were that nurse who did an axillary. Well, I mean, I was a trauma llama. So like, what other part do I have? Sometimes like the urine doesn't work or everything's broken and you keep their jaws wired shut. So really it's the pooper, which rolling them to stick it in their pooper is like not a thing or it's axilla and which one's easier at two in the morning. I'm sorry, Thanks. not two in the morning. Cause it wasn't Q and hour temperatures at midnight. I'll take an axilla. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's you going, Oh shit. That was definitely hitting the bed. So that's not my patient's temperature. <laughs> <laughs> that bed is cold (laughs) question for you guys so what is your criteria as far as when you prognosticate is it 72 hours after ROSC or 72 hours after rewarm time we always did 72 after rewarm interesting are you guys ROSCers you are we're ROSCers (sighs) So how long are they cooled for you? Like from the second you start cooling to the second they hit their target rewarm temp? What so how long we is- start cooling right away. We also do ice caps. So we try to cool mm-hmm. within four to six hours and then cool for 24. Do you ever extend then- to 48? Not typically. Okay. I had someone enrolled in 36 hours and that was really hard for me. I was like, but... Uh, I hate being cold, so it is very thirty six is what. But if it's a bad brain, we had no evidence base in how we did it. But every once in a while, we'd pick someone to do like forty eight because they were like young and they were down longer. And our person who was running this program was like, "Yeah, we should just do a little longer." No reasoning behind this, so we would do an extra day. It felt right. It felt right, and then total <laughs> like positive bias because like we had a couple of good outcomes with it would it have been a good outcome at 24 probably were they but, shockable rhythms oh i don't even remember probably because uh, they were young right yeah well and then there was one who was a college professor who was like a beautiful mind and all that and like we literally did it because we're like if he cannot return to his previous cognitive function his wife's like he would not want to live so give them everything you can we're like all right have another day you'll contribute to research (laughs) one way or another exactly intellectual property so 72 hours after rosk yeah so what do you use then ct eeg and then it's way too early for an mri no we do mri 30 days to seven days out from rosk do you have a sweet spot that you like in that space? Um, I think it's like what you guys said. It kind of depends on the downtime. And if you have a real bad EEG, maybe give them a little more time just to let things kind of simmer in there. And so I probably lean towards five days unless it's either horrific mm-hmm. or pretty good. Then I would do it earlier. That's my personal preference. It's kind of where I've shaken out too, because I feel like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know, because at some point, if you have all these things that look really crummy and then you get your MRI like a little too early, it's just sad. <laughs> and then there's like this shred of hope. And it's like you're at four days later. 
Right. Yep. Or you're waiting for your NSEs that come back at like 150. How much stock do you guys put in an NSE? It's a it's a tiebreaker for us, I would say. Well, what numbers do you get back though? Yeah, usually like man numbers were like mm-hmm. That's the hard part. It's so hard because then you like have people that don't believe it if you have, you know, end stage renal disease and then some people believe the trend of it and then it's all hoodoo. And it's like, what does your patient look like? My favorite is when people are like, get them an MRI. And I'm like, bro, they're on Ectella. Like that metal is going to be like to the ceiling. I think we're going to just skip that. Yeah. Again, when they're really sick, you can't get it day three, four, five, sometimes six. So I did have our beautiful colleagues in CT help me the other day with our portable CT and they measured the circumference and like the diameter of the portable CT to see if we could fit this guy in there because he was cannulated for ECMO butt neck instead of femme. And we were like, oh, it's just an inch too big. And I was like, yeah, no, let's not squish him. Like, please, it's fine. <laughs> so you have hold a portable on, CT. On. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, you yeah. Portable CT. How is it? Um, I would love to say that we use it every day. We don't. Because? Well, staffing. What else is wrong with the world, right? It's, it was great during COVID. Just had it parked there. So then we can like throw it in, throw it out. We have some issues with like our new ICU beds where the portable CT scanner has this little like head holder that has to go on the back of the bed. And if you have the new ICU bed, it's not the same like width or something. So it doesn't snap in and it doesn't work. Obviously your imaging quality isn't as beautiful. So if you're really looking for like that gray white, it's not great. But for big swaths where you're like, oh, like did they have a stroke several days ago? It's nice. And then sometimes it's a little bit wonky with the way the image uploads and it can take a minute. But honestly, it like doesn't save us too much time, if any. Um, and I think your patient is flat longer for that. So if you have somebody with ICP issues, it's also a skinny fit if you have like a bolt or something in there. Almost lost a few unicorn horns in there. Uh-uh. But if you don't, if they code and they're on the floor, it's better than if they code and they're in CTs. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to pick your patient. Uh, it's the same one that we have in the mobile stroke unit. I was wondering, because I, it sounds like a sexy idea. Like, who would right. want a portable CT that you could just bring in, take a CT? Right. Like, I, I picture the weasels coming in with the machine, mm-hmm. put your patient in there, get the CT, and then they take the patient off, and then they're mm-hmm. off. And then you get this beautiful skin. But mm-hmm. I could imagine all of these dilemmas. Yeah. And it's not... I can't remember if it's like a same amount of cuts every time. It's definitely not like your very nice, precise cut. You're not getting so you're, two and a half millimeter slice width. It's, I mean, like this is like cutting black cheese, you know? Yeah, like top, midbrain, middle stem. Yeah, I, it's good for what it is. You know what I really want though? Is one of those low Tesla MRIs that's portable. Oh, 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 let me tell you because guess you what one? we have right now and what we're testing. Can I take it? I want yeah, it. Yeah, I'll pay you to take it. Really? I really yeah. want it. Do you use no, it on your ECMO patients? I want it on that. I would love to know what you're going to do with it. So imagine. I don't know if you've met your... a cardiac surgeon, but they want to know everything all at once, and I can never give them that. So the picture you're going to get. You might as oh, no. well stab yourself in both eyes, not <laughs> seek any emergency attention, let them scab over and scar over, and then take like two pieces of screen in front and mm-hmm. look at a picture of an MRI, and that's the same quality you'll get. So what I'm hearing is that it's great, you use it frequently, and you're just rubbing this in my face because my child had pink eye this week. <laughs> All of those things. It was all part of a master plot. I've been guiding the conversation to this point and trying to get it here just so I can make fun of your child with pink eye. He wanted to say crusty eyes. Yeah. That was his long story. Sarah, you slime minx. (laughs) It leaves a lot to be desired. What a bummer. You can see large problems. 
I mean, that's kind of what I would want. I don't know, Anasarka, how much you guys interact with like the CVICU and all of their metal devices. They're like, you know, should I take the metal out and transplant them? And I'm like, bro, I don't, I mean, I don't know. If they can't wake up. That seems like a bummer. <laughs> but like, waste of art. But you have so many things where you, like, if one side is good, you can support one side. It's just metal, right? Like, and you're never getting an MRI. So at least you now. do use devices or you're saying you don't use them as much as you'd like? Uh, I'm saying that for my device patients, I can't get great imaging for them for like yeah. HIE. What same. I think you'd get for the same quality is if you got a hula hoop and attached like six or eight kitchen magnets to the hula hoop and <laughs> spun it around the patient's head and took out your iPhone camera and took a picture, you would get oh, as wait, much useful make... information. There has to be some noise in there, I feel like. Right. <laughs> scream the whole time. <laughs> Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, and how much money goes into these things? And I think like sometimes it feels like a draw to say, but we got this portable MRI or a mm-hmm. portable CT scanner. And you put all this money in there thinking like it's the, you know, the cutting edge. And then, yeah, then you realize, you know what? There's nothing like a good old scanner. A good old, the old CT scanner is better than the new one. And yeah. the MRI machine at the old Crusty Hospital is amazing. And they always get us in. Like, if I have a patient with a neuro change and I'm at one hospital, I have to basically call a stroke code to get a CT. But if I'm at my old state hospital and somebody has a neuro change, they'll be like, hey, do you want to get an MRI? You know, neuro change. I didn't know that was an option. Well, <laughs> yes, please. So, yeah, sometimes you know, the good old the good old machines are are underrated and great. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a good point about resources too. You know, like if we could confidently say that for these guys, like a certain, I don't know, phenotype of them, we could get a limited sequence MRI. Maybe people would be really happy with that. But like, do you, you don't, not? Uh, we usually just go for the whole kit and caboodle. I love a limited study. I, well, it's and I like, think that's maybe where we should go. I'm not the girl that's going to be looking at my like cubed fat. Fun to say. Not something I use. You're not a fat sack girl. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a fat bottomed girl, but I'm not a fat sack girl. <laughs> Fat-sided girls, you make the MRI go round. So you've enlightened me where perhaps I could make it like a protocolized thing. Because as a nurse, going to MRI, my God, it's like you're packing up and going to the tundra. No one's going to see you for hours. You got all the long tubing if your patient needs the juice. And who doesn't need the juice? When you're going down there for a good picture. Yeah. As long as you get all the images you need. Because a lot of nurses are like, if I'm going down though, and I'm packing up and doing all this business again, my extension tubing and the 8,000 things that go into this. like While you're down there. Like make it three hours long. So I never have to do it again. (laughs) And that's the thing. I feel like you just don't know what you want to look at until you see that first image. And like, sometimes it's just easier to be like, eh, just do the whole thing. What a quandary we're in. Mm-hmm. Our life, job security. Exactly. Until the robots Chat take GPT over. GPT can't do that. I don't know. I think they could. Shh, no, they can't. I have They're no other listening. marketable skills. They're listening. Sarah, that's my line, because I really don't. You at least, hmm. you know, have like some street cred. For what? Right, if exactly. I assume that you can do other things. I can't. That's what I'm saying. You're a duck mom. Yeah, I was going to say, and a bee mom. Mm-hmm. And a bee mom. The bees are all dead. <gasps> what it, happened to them? Oh, no. Winter. Just. Dang it. They I weren't they hibernated. It. Well, they do. He did too. <laughs> okay, Sarah, I'm going to help you this winter. If you decide, if you so choose to get bees, I will help you figure out the winterizing plan. Yeah. I just keep buying stupid bees. So, queen. 
queen. Get an Italian queen. They're the best. They're sweet. They're docile. We're the, oh, we're docile? I don't think we are on Asarka. <laughs> Italian <laughs> queens funny. are spicy. We do. You know, we live in a big plot of land with a lot of land around us, and there is more than enough natural forage for them. And they seem to have trouble figuring really? out. There is a bee garden full of flowers that bees love. The bumblebees are happy. The native bees are happy. These little Italian princesses, not so much. So you had an Italian queen. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I stand corrected. Did they leave or did they just die? So this last one, because they had been there a couple of years, I think they flew the coop, actually. I don't think they died because I checked on them at one point when it was like a warm day during the summer when it was warm enough to look. And there was a whole bunch of them. And then they came back scrounging around the hive looking for stuff like there were honeybees and no one else has honeybees near us so so wait they left and I then think, they came back well they came back just to, like check it out but they didn't, weren't like settling back in there what'd you, you do queen in? was the queen nestled in nicely with a little excluder and well we can talk we can talk about it later i'll do a full no this session. is fascinating please keep going she was she was tucked in she was doing well you know, it was the second year with them, so I sort of, like, let them be a little bit. <laughs> be. You know, just fed them a little bit in the spring to get them going. Keep them How happy. How do you feed bees? Sugar water. Oh. Like special sugar water? Or you just steal some dextrose from work and just give them some D10? Just some granulated sugar. Some water. Oh. And they have, like, a little, like, B vitamin thing you can add in there. So I usually give that just to give them a little. Not say B vitamins. Oh. I did. <laughs> Didn't even think about it. It's a bumblevite. Bumblevite. Yeah, bees can be picky, but sometimes you have to go through a few to get the right fit. And then when you get a right fit and they're happy, they're good. I have an attending who has quite the mini hive. And so I've talked to him about splitting because he said the place I buy them from, the bees are like shipped up from Georgia. And he said they're all discombobulated by the time they get up here and like they, they go through the trauma of travel and shipping and stuff and they just yeah. don't do well he's like mine are already used to here like you'd get a family that like she let me go on honestly i mean i would have i was she just into it. that for as long as possible you want Sarah, to hear it? family show wow i have um an interesting fact you might know this but you know is it the um japanese uh, hornet that was coming over oh. and killing her bees. The murder so hornet. The murder hornet. Yes. Where is that Don't from? Don't tell me that you have one. No. Okay. No. These things are like really big and they go in and they just kill these beehives. But this ties into our TTM conversation, which is why I'm bringing this up. So the you know what you're going to say. They're so smart. They're so smart. And they figured out they can surround the murder hornet and they flap their wings and vibrate until they bring the temperature up. And it's something like, I'd have to look up the details, but it's something like just like 0.25 above their homeostasis for the murder hornet hornet and it kills them and it's something like half a degree less than what kills the bees and they figured it out and that's what they do they get together and they like target temp <laughs> murder hornets and kill them it's quite fever is bad for all species so ttm stands for targeted temperature murder <gasps> they ttm him this is anasarka's thought of the day, day. You're murder watched. fact of the day because i believe she's going to hit us with some only elevation with anasarka in a minute but maybe you'll have two segments oh my god maybe that should be your segment do you want it to be your segment yes yes yes, yes. murder, murder. <gasps> i think this goes against her vibe maybe you could do like a whole true crime series <gasps> i'm up for whatever you guys give me a challenge <laughs> I'm up for it. Would you like to try and record your only elevation with Anasarka? Oh, my inspirational quote. Are you guys ready? Should I don't we, know. Like, Amy, should we like ohm in the background while she does her? 
Oh, yeah. So maybe do you want to do like a, oh, I wish I had a gong noise. I don't. Um, Looking around maybe, like I have a gong in my house. I don't. <laughs> of course you do. Hold on. Let me see if I can find one. Oh, dear. My cat's just moved. So it has to be like a little almond zen. And I'm going to drop okay. it on you. Oh. Oh, I like that. Oh, wait. Hold the phone. Yeah. Oh, this sorry. I fell only... asleep for a second. <laughs> it's the most calming time. Everyone's like, that's good. I, went, I don't know where I was. Oh. Deep Dilatation with Anna Sarka. You have to be odd to be number one. By Dr. Seuss. That's fantastic. It felt fitting. <laughs> that was odd. incredible. It felt right. It felt like the right, right audience. <laughs> Considering you're like half our audience on it. <laughs> I know. I know. It's true. One question. Who's the Canadian watcher? <laughs> they live like just a hop, skip and a jump across the border now. And now so. you're international. Right? Yeah. I want to play like international love for her frequently. <laughs> Today, Canada. Tomorrow, the world. Uh, certainly not that submarine. <laughs> That's twice. <laughs> I'm sorry. Poor little imploders. Can you imagine though? Like that's the way to go. Was it four milliseconds? They said they were probably dead in. I mean, not even. You become like a meat tube pretty quick. So just like. I think the problem is, is you're not a tube anymore. We're just like. No, they all come together. They're all like a big filler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that's true. Just a ball. Yeah. Just a ball of meat. Two engineers were having this conversation, actually, and they were saying, oh, they said that it imploded to the size of a pencil. And one engineer said, well, that's not possible because the body is like 90% water. So I'm sure it was more of, you know, like a hoagie roll. And I was like, guys, (laughs) what? (laughs) Hoagie roll. I was like, there were also five people in there. So I feel like. But, you know, the one son did go to the Blink-182 concert because that's what his dad would have wanted. I'm fine. However you want to grieve. Just (laughs) keep it off of social media. No one knows how to do that in this day and age. I know. You know what social media I love, though, that I think both of you would really enjoy? There is an Instagrammer who pretends to be the Kardashians. Which I do not watch. You sent I'm me that. Obsessed with her. My favorite is the telenovela episodes. I've not seen that. <laughs> Padre Nuestro. <laughs> I just, I love it. I love it. I love, I love her sticky note fingernails. Yes. <laughs> sticky note fingernails, and then it's all in the hair. It's like keep falling off and going kind of everywhere. <laughs> Biblio. <laughs> I just. I would like organic water. <laughs> Agua sin gluten. <laughs> like I now I like. There's a girl that I work with that also. That's the one that got me into this, and so the two of us will just start saying these things to each other. And I'm just, like, the other day she said something and I was like, not the Capra. She was like, I can't with you. <laughs> I, did you watch the one about her and Courtney announcing the baby? No. Oh my God. You got to watch it. It's like the three of them making a sign and she's like, what should it say? <laughs> it's just like, it's like, bad i'm pregnant and then she's like no because Kim doesn't. <laughs> it's just so good it's so good and the sad thing is is i talk like that to my children so now we all talk like that oh, no. 
like a bunch of SoCal's here. <laughs> it's so bad. Eh, it's fine. Uh, it's a living. It's always I'm... sunny in San Diego. It is. Yes, true story. It's always sunny in Oblongata also. Throwback. Mm, to our one listener that's still listening that's not our current guest. What else you guys got? Ooh, good. You got like an hour and a half of content. You can get 20 minutes on that. Myelin will be our guest on July 11th. No, 12th. No, 12th, 12th, right? 12th. Oh, oh. Isn't that going to be wild? Please have our... Did you know that you can find us on Instagram at Ponds and Recreation or on Twitter at Ponds Rec for more content? Follow us for fun and memes. <laughs>